Recently, I experienced one of the most powerful weeks, if not the most powerful week of my entire life. As many of you know, I recently started as head of sales at Untap Your Sales Potential, a sales coaching business designed to support B2B account executives access the mindset, habits, and selling skills of the top 1% of sales professionals. A few weeks ago, we held our first ever mastermind where 25 of our top clients got together and workshopped different topics to uncover how they could ignite their inner sales potential. This was a weekend filled with meditation, movement, inspiration, education, and vulnerability. We received an outpouring of positive feedback from our clients where someone said it was the most Transform, transformational weekend of their entire lives more than even a Tony Robbins event. Someone else said that this weekend was the least they had used their phone in the past few years. And it was the most present they could ever remember being. Uh, and then even someone else said, this is absolutely not what I expected in the best ways possible. So lots of great feedback, lots of raving reviews. And for me personally, it was an opportunity to see firsthand the impact our business was having on our clients. And it just made me that much happier to be a part of this mission. On today's episode, I wanted to share with you my top three takeaways from the weekend so you can get a glimpse into how you can untap your sales potential. Let's begin. Welcome to Winning Streaks. I'm your host, Tanvir Mustafa, and every week I get deep into the stories and strategies of experts, champions, business moguls, and industry leaders to find out how you can win the day and win at life. If you're committed to never settling for the status quo and consistently challenging yourself to new heights, then this is the show for you. In return, I commit to bringing you insightful, practical, and no BS conversations that will help you create your next big win. Like I said, the Mastermind Weekend was filled with golden nuggets and massive takeaways. But for the sake of simplicity, I've distilled it down to three main lessons. The first is the power of visualization. On day one, our first workshop was an exercise all in the mind. Now, to some of you, this may sound somewhat woo-woo or downright BS. But I don't know that in my life, visualization has played a massive part. There have been so many instances where I first saw something in my mind and then saw it come to life in reality. It happened with getting the job at Salesforce. It happened with me visualizing moving to Toronto and living in a condo that overlooked Dundas Square. For those of you that don't know, Dundas Square is like uh, a baby Times Square, so to speak. And it happened with seeing myself speak on stage in front of a bunch of people which I did for the first time, you know, in, in the form of a workshop at this mastermind. And I'm not alone. When you look back through history, the themes of visualization come up over and over and over again. You hear about fighters like Conor McGregor and Muhammad Ali repeatedly mention visualization throughout their careers. You've got legends in the business and entrepreneurial space, such as Andrew Carnegie and Napoleon Hill, who have preached consistently in their writings of how big a part it has played in their success. Even celebrities like Oprah Winfrey and The Rock have accredited visualization as one of their key pillars to success. I heard Jim Carrey on an interview once talk about how he wrote himself a check uh, of a million dollars way before he ever achieved it. Uh, and he even had the date written on the check and it lined up exactly with the date of the check that he ultimately ended up receiving for, for one of his first movies for a million dollars. So 
look, there's no doubt that visualization works. Anyway, this particular workshop was led by Alex Kremer. He also hosts his own pod- podcast called the Rising Leader Podcast. It's a show for top performing leaders who want to take their lives, their career, and their impact to the next level. And he's the director of sales for a company called Catalyst Software. Um, he's done a ton of these immersions, these retreats. Uh, he also hosts uh, or is the founder of a, of a company called Alluviance, where the mission is to impact the new wave of rising leadership and culture in a meaningful way. So he does a lot of things, right? Um, and he's been a part of a ton of immersions and he led this visualization workshop, which to be honest, when it first started out, it was quite confusing. We were asked to close our eyes and then exit our bodies. Okay. Just, just follow me, just follow along, uh, close our eyes and then exit our bodies. From there, we would be carried into space with a beam of light. And then we'd be beamed back to earth in a forest. Now, the difference is that this forest, this earth that we've been beamed back to is 20 years into the future. And then as we navigate through the forest, we'd come up to a cabin. We knock on the door. Someone opens up. And this someone isn't just anyone. This someone is me. It's you. It's the, the future version of yourself 20 years ahead. The, 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 the 20 years ahead version of you. So if you're 30, it's your 50-year-old self. And it's at this point that we start to picture what our future self looks like, how they carry themselves. We sit down with them and start asking them questions about the last 20 years. What did we do? Who did we become? How are things now 20 years later? And then we get up and we start walking around the cabin with our future self. And there are pictures hung up on the wall. What images are in those pictures? What feelings do they exude? We start to visualize that and talk about it with our future self. Then before long, the beam of light is back and we're transported back to present time and present earth. Now, why was this exercise so powerful? Well, for anyone who has done a deep visualization exercise before, you know that it's a pretty out-of-body experience. It feels kind of surreal, like you're floating and you're guiding your thoughts very specifically, which surprisingly enough, we actually don't do that much in our day-to-day. We don't actually give ourselves active time, active space to dream. Partly because we hate being bored, but also because we're so distracted by pings, notifications, slacks, TVs, whatever it may be, we're distracted to try and receive pleasure in every moment of our day. Now more than ever, visualization is somewhat of a lost art, but this one is particularly powerful because you're forced to face the ideal version of yourself and the future version of yourself. And this is where the entire exercise came together. What I realized is that the person we want to be, the person I want to be 20 years from now is the exact same person I can become today, that you can become today. Sure, maybe I don't have the money or the material things that that person does, but the attitude, the character, the energy, the personality, those are all things I can cultivate today. 
I don't have to wait for tomorrow. Because as Alex highlighted for us, the purpose of a vision is not necessarily so that you achieve it. It's about who it causes you to be today. All of a sudden, you realize the changes you have to make today in order to become the person you want to be tomorrow. So I challenge you, take a few minutes to visualize who it is you want to be 10, 20 years from now. Maybe you even choose to write it down. Then once you have that picture clearly in your mind or on paper, begin to think about what changes you need to make today in order to reach that vision. I promise in the two weeks since I've been back from the event, I've already seen significant changes in the way I work, the energy I carry, and how I show up for people around me. So that was the big takeaway number one, the power of visualization. Takeaway number two, we have complete control over positivity and negativity. What do I mean by this? Well, think about it like charges of electricity. There's positive charges and negative charges. Now, when something happens to you, it's just happening. It's factual. It is. Whether it's a positive or negative event, that's not up to anyone else but you. You're the one that assigns it a positive or negative charge. So for example, let's say you get into a disagreement with a partner or a friend. You start getting angry and upset. Well, guess what? The reality of the situation is it's not actually your friend who's making you upset. It's you choosing to assign a negative charge to the interaction and then choosing to react in that way. No one else is in control of your emotions, your reactions, and your character except you. Now, obviously, I, I, I know that our emotions aren't the easiest thing to control. <laughs> I'm not dumb, right? Certain things will make me mad. However, this fundamental truth that you are the one who positively or negatively charges events, instances, moments around you, that can significantly change how you see the world and process the events that happen to you. It's the difference between saying, I have to prospect and I get to prospect. The difference between I hate working out and working out is great for my health and my body. You get to decide what shows up as positive and negative in your life. In fact, one of the uh, attendees at our event found a way to apply this almost right away. We did. We went out for a bike ride along the beach, along the pier, um, and we went to stop at a restaurant to, to eat. Lo and behold, uh, we find out afterwards that this bike was stolen. Now, it was a rental bike. The attendee would have had to pay, like, you know, replace the, the, the bike basically to the shop and pay, pay a lot for it. But his attitude, especially after that workshop, was, okay, I can choose to negatively charge this event, or I can say, hey, you know, maybe this is helping a homeless person out there who, who took this. Um, you know what? I'm spending time with great people. I'm on the beach. I had just had some awesome food with everybody. Um, I'm in a great headspace. Like, I'm grateful for what I have. It is what it is. Let's move on. A couple of days later, we find out that the bike eventually did make its way back to the rental shop. Someone, you know, called it outside on the street and brought it back to the rental shop and things worked out. It was like, it was like the karma of him deciding not to negatively charge it that came back and he didn't end up having to pay a fee or anything like that or replace the bike. Okay. So 
you get to choose what you positively or negatively charge. All right. This was this workshop was led um, by Frank Perkins. Um, he he came from Salesforce, extremely wise, did many years of of high performance and and top performance there. And another thing that he mentioned in this workshop was our lower self. Right. This is like kind of like to be in terms of lessons, because I loved this workshop. And a lot of people did um, our lower self. Our lower self is always trying to take over, right? Our lower self is always trying to push us away from action. They're trying to get us to pull out our phones, not go to the gym, you know, not spend time with our partner. Um, our lower self doesn't want to see us win. And every day is a battle with our, our lower self. And one of the ways that you can overcome this is based on how you positively and negatively charge events in your life. If you look for the silver lining in everything, it builds this attitude of optimism, this attitude of positivity. And when you radiate a positive energy, great things happen. So that's the, the second takeaway, the, the idea of being able to assign positivity and negativity and using that to get you away from your lower self. Okay. The third takeaway from the day has probably been the most impactful just from a sheer productivity and workload standpoint. And it's called the 12 week year. The 12 week year is actually a book written by Brian Moran. And it's essentially a step-by-step -step system that redefines the length of a year. It challenges you, challenges you to achieve more in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months. This workshop was led by Ian Koniak um, over the course of the weekend. And what he talked about was that in 12 weeks, there just isn't enough time to get complacent. And urgency then increases and intensifies, right? Everything matters a lot more over the course of 12 weeks than it does over the course of a year. It avoids the pitfalls of low productivity and annualized thinking. So how does it work? Well, first, you have to identify your primary goal. For example, for me, it's selling out all the spots in our sales coaching program. From there, you decide on three primary themes to focus on throughout the next 12 weeks. We're in the middle of Q2. So many of you sellers, the themes may center, center around generating pipeline, uh, you know, getting in-person events and on-sites done. And from there, maybe you would get even more precise and identify monthly themes. Okay. So for example, my monthly theme this month is focusing on renewals. Anyone who's coming up on renewal in our program, making sure to reach out to them and understand if they're renewing or not. Now, once you have an idea of what your quarterly and monthly themes are, you can now start executing your 12 week year week by week. How, the, how this works is you have a weekly scorecard and you use that scorecard to write down your key actions for the week. Just write them all down. And for the most part, especially in sales, these should be revenue generating activities. Prospecting, discovery, time with uh, specific clients, you know, building proposals, et cetera. These are revenue generating activities. And it's not enough to just say prospecting by itself. It would be prospecting to these specific accounts, following up with these specific contacts, blitzing, blitzing through this specific target list, things like that. So you write down the list of key actions you have to do, even the operational stuff. And then once you're done, you assign a number to the action based on its level of priority. 
So for example, the most important action would be assigned a one, the next a two, et cetera, et cetera. The last step is to then take each of these priorities and then add calendar blocks in order to execute them. So if we, again, take the example of prospecting into a specific set of accounts, you would add that block of when exactly you're going to do that into your calendar. Throughout the week, slowly but surely, you start checking the box off, checking these actions off, right? At the end of the week, you go through all of the tasks you wrote down, check off the ones you completed, and then give yourself a score. So if you completed half of the tasks, your score is 50%. If you completed all of them, 100%. And then every week, you work with an accountability buddy to discuss your scores for the previous week and discuss what your plan is for the following week. It might sound a little complicated, but I promise it's not. This is a powerful system of execution that builds urgency, prioritization, and action into every single day of your week. I've done the 12-week year before this weekend because it's a part of our, our coaching program, but this event really drove the system home. The two weeks since I've come back from the event, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt so productive in my life. Things are getting done, needles are moving, work feels exciting, and birds are singing. I don't know about that last one, but it's crazy, like the, the productive output that I have during the workday. Um, and on top of that, what it allows me to do when I'm not working is not have to worry about work because I know I got the key actions done. So when, when I'm away from work and if I'm with my partner, with friends, um, you know, at the gym, I'm not stressing out about work, which is great. The goal here isn't to be perfect for the 12 week year. It's not to hit hundred percent every week, although that would be awesome, but I'd be surprised if someone was always on point with it. The goal is to see the score slowly move up and up over time, the average to improve over time. If you come from a background of athletics, you know, you're just trying to increase your field goal percentage, your shots on goal, right? You know, I don't know. I think I'm not an expert in golf, but like, you know, trying to get a better handicap over time. Golf listeners, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, that's, you know, the idea and that's life, right? We all just want to experience consistent improvement over time. There's a Japanese term called Kaizen. It means continuous improvement. That's what life is all about. We're all always just trying to get one step better day by day. All right. So again, my top three takeaways were uh, number one, the power of visualization. If you haven't yet, try out a visualization exercise. Maybe just sit with yourself and your thoughts and visualize what your future self looks like, speaks like, is like, and see what that does for you today. Number two, you have the power to assign positive or negative charges to the things that happen to you. And number three, the 12-week year, which if you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend reading the book, The 12-Week Year by Brian Moran. Um, it go, dives a lot more in-depth than I did on this episode and it's been an absolute game changer for me in terms of productivity, work satisfaction, life satisfaction, um, and it, it works really, really well. So those are my top three takeaways. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Winning Streaks. If you did, go ahead and please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice, and I will see you next time on the next episode of Winning Streaks.